to learn. What do you want them to do? I said, what, what do you want them to walk home with? And I said, I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what to come up with. So I'm going through looking at old things that I've taught. I'm like, well, I could always add on to things that I've done. And I just kept on feeling the Lord saying, nope, it's going to be something new. I said, all right, Lord. I said, well, we're going we're gonna to figure this out. And so it was literally this afternoon. I was laughing because me and Pastor Mark had a conversation not too long ago. I said, do you ever still get really nervous? I said, uh, he goes, nervous kind of always there. He goes, I always get nervous when I don't know what I'm going to be ministering on. He goes, it's always that last minute stuff where the Holy Spirit just imparts it. And you're like, okay, I got it. And so I'm sitting there and I'm studying. And I wasn't getting anything. I'm like, all right, it's four o'clock, Lord. It is four o'clock. I've got to get something. I was like, what? I don't want to just bring up just something that I know. I want Holy Spirit revelation for these people. I want, I want to talk what you want them to know. And so I'm sitting there just praying and spending some time. And then the Lord just started reminding me of how faithful he is to us. And so the title of my message tonight is Faithful to the Faithful One. Faithful to the Faithful One. Because just like whenever Mr. Chuck, I told Mr. Chuck earlier, I said, we want to hold that. We'll, let's see if we can do that on Sunday because the body needs to know. Because obviously that circumstance was not of God. God designed it, and he wants that child to be raised up in church, in a good, godly home. He doesn't want him to be, or her to be snatched to go someplace else. So whenever he was talking about the circumstance, I was just very confident that God is faithful. No matter what the devil turns for bad, God's going to turn it for good. He's going to make this thing come out the way that we call it out to be. So we hooked up our faith, and most of you guys hooked up your faith with us, and we see how faithful God is. But... He just started showing me time after time. Just, I mean, if you go through the Bible, you see his faithfulness all throughout it. I mean, there's story after story of individuals in the Bible that God used, that God called out, that he showed his faithfulness to. But one of the biggest things about showing his faithfulness was there was always obedience attached to it. When they would obey him at his word, you saw the faithfulness happen. And I mean, there's so many different stories, but... Um, one of the things I looked up just trying to figure out, what is faithfulness? Faithfulness, the definition of faithfulness is actually the fullness, its steadiness, certainty, in which is permanent, steadfast, and enduring. And so that really spiked something in me just talking about faithfulness is that it said it is permanent, steadfast, and enduring. Well, we always look at God's word and we know that his word is forever the same. It is always remaining. It is permanent, fixed, and that it will last forever. When this world passes away, his word will remain. God is faithful in everything that he does. That is part of his character and his nature, is faithfulness. And so even David was talking about he's never seen the righteous begging or forsaking of bread. He said they've always been taken care of because God provides for them. But just going through some different scriptures, we're going to start off in Luke chapter 10 or Luke chapter 16 tonight. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. I hope you brought your Bible on this Wednesday night for our Bible study. God's word is good. But it's Luke chapter 16, verse 10. It says, He who is faithful in the very little things is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in the very little things is unrighteous also in much. And so I want to talk about our faithfulness to God tonight because we know God is faithful. And I mean, I even have scriptures here towards the end that we're going to hammer in because God is faithful. Everybody say that with me. Say, God is faithful. It doesn't matter what circumstance, what trial comes our way, God is faithful. 
It's determined to us, though, how faithful will you be to him? Because faithfulness, whenever I was studying this out, looking at it, faithfulness really comes down to, are you willing to commit to him? Because he's already committed to us. He's proven that in his word time after time, that he is faithful to us. But the choice now is ours. Will you remain faithful to him no matter what the situation is? Because we get in circumstances and trials come to life that we think it's a whole lot easier to abandon the ways that God says because it's going to be an easy way out. But really the only way to get through it is to remain faithful to the one who's already been faithful to us. Because he knows the very end from the beginning. He's written it. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows everything. But we have to remain connected with him to see it through. And so the reason I pulled out this one, it says, He who is faithful in the very little things is also faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in the very little things is unrighteous also in much. Your faithfulness can paint a picture of your future. Because in your faithfulness will determine what you do right now can be a portrait of what you will do in your future. And that's one thing that, Pastor Mark, obviously we're in Vision Month, and I hope you guys are planning to attend Sunday service because it is going to be awesome, and we're going to have a great time celebrating our fourth year anniversary and looking back on God's faithfulness. Because without God, we would not be here, period. The work would not be here in Valdosta. We would not be here because God called us here. I mean, individuals here, God called you here from this city to come here. It's God who is faithful. And so we want to look tonight, though, because the picture that we want to portray, the portrait we want to make in our life wants to be one that reflects God. Every single time. We talk about this with the kids all the time is that we want to reflect God's nature. And so being faithful to God will be an exact resemblance of what he does for us. And also in... um, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20, it says, A faithful person will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. Faithfulness proves that you can handle more. Because honestly, right now, I, I have Jada and Ella, and I'll tell you right now, I will not let Ella do some things that I have Jada do. Because she is not ready to handle that responsibility. She hasn't proven her faithfulness to obey. Right now, we entered a whole new stage, and it is one of those stages. Crystal just got back from St. Augustine visiting her family, and her dad's birthday was on Monday, so they all went down and had a great birthday dinner. But she called me, and she said, I don't know what has happened to Ella, but ever since we left, she has been horrible. And so I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, obviously, I'm not there. Dad's not around. There's multiple things that could happen. She's not at home, but there's... but the the biggest thing about it is something changed and so for her we have to show that you do not act this way you stay the same and steadfastness comes with faithfulness when we stay the same it paints an example for our children that we don't waver we're not wishy-washy because if you look at god he is not bipolar he's not up one day and down the other one he's not moving side to side He's steadfast. What he says goes. And so for us, we want to paint a picture of our life for our children and all those around us that we are faithful to God. We don't want to wake up one day and say, God is so good. And then the next day we have a trial and say, man, I don't know if God's got this. That is being wishy-washy. That's not being faithful to what we know. 
We want to stay faithful to the God who is faithful to us. God does not change his mind the next morning. Praise God, because, I mean, we've had, we've had situations here just recently where if I would have woke up thinking, God, I don't know if you can do this today, I would have quit. I would have been done. But I knew what God's word says and that it's never changing. It is always the same and that when God says it, it has to be. And so, I mean, even with just different individuals here in the body, there's circumstances that come to life that will make you question, what do I do? What comes next? And that's one of the biggest things is as a culture in this world, I should say, not the kingdom culture, but nowadays society, they want to have a big plan. They want to know every single step along the way. But the biggest thing is God doesn't say, I'm going to give you your 15-year plan and give you every step along the way. It says that he is a light to our path, so that way we know we have a good path ahead of us, that is good things coming, but he said he is a lamp to our feet. If you ever have a lamp and you hold that lamp, it only shows you what's coming ahead, the next step. But that light can kind of portray that God's faithfulness will be there when I get there, because he's never going to leave me, he's never going to forsake me. But for our faithfulness, we have to choose Every single day we wake up, God, am I going to stay faithful to you like you are to me? Because it's easy for us to wake up and know, okay, my bill's due today. What am I going to do? Am I going to get in worry? Or am I going to stand and stand in the position that you are my provider and that you are going to take care of this? Because when we step out, it's the simple things that get us every time. It's the simple worries that come to us that we don't think, oh, that's not a big deal. I'm just trying to take care of my family. But really, you're stepping away from the faithful one because he never designed us to take on that burden. He said, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. He said, you stay faithful to me, stay faithful to my word, and I will stay faithful to you every time. Don't worry about it. And if you go and read in Matthew chapter 6, it goes through the whole chapter of do not worry. God's got you taken care of when you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's faithfulness. That is being faithful to the one who's faithful to us. But we're going to look at quite a few scriptures because tonight it's about our choice. God cannot choose for us to be faithful to him. We have to make that decision in our heart. And I hope tonight by the end of this thing we can just write it on our heart, write it on the stone tablets of your heart that you're going to remain faithful to God no matter what situation. Because even in Kingdom Institute, I say this all the time, there's two things that I have settled in my heart, period. I will not be offended, and I will not quit. That's two things that I've always said. Because growing up and being trained, there's situations that will always come that you can be offended. And if you can be offended, you will be. And if you let that offense stay, you will leave. No, it, it's always, it doesn't matter what situation it is, if it's a church, if it's a family member, if it's a friend. If you let that offense stay, you will separate yourself from that. You don't want to be around it. But if you go ahead and just set in your heart, I cannot be offended, and I will not quit. No matter what comes, you view it through a completely different lens. Because I know that God's faithful, and what I see right now is only temporary. But what I don't see is eternal. And I see that God's faithfulness is forevermore. I mean, it's everlasting. But I wanted to bring out the parable of the talents tonight. And so we're going to go over and we're going to look at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse number 14. I feel like we go to this passage all the time, but 
it is a great passage, and there's still more to pull out of it. Amen. And this is a parable that Jesus was saying, and it starts in verse 14. It says, um, For it is just like a man about to go on a journey, who called his own slaves and entrusted them with possessions to them. And it says, verse 15, it says, To one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and he went on his journey. And we're going to stop right here. We're going to break this down into a couple segments, but I want to bring out some things that while I was studying I just started realizing, and starting in verse number 14, it says stewards, or his own slave, but really he was turning them into stewards. And stewards are one that are entrusted with a treasure they did not have before. Because the steward now becomes responsible for that gift they have now been given. It's your choice what you do with it. If you notice, he did not tell them, this is your plan for this gift. He handed them the talents and said, here you go, do with them as you want. He didn't give them any instructions on, you go and put this in the bank. You go and sow this, you make more. He just knew, I'm handing them this talent, this gift. Let's see what they come of it. And so with us, just think of all the gifts God has placed inside of us. I mean, there are so many singers in the world today, they have a gift from God. But they are not using it to benefit the kingdom at all. They are not using that talent to gain more. They're using it for selfish things, which will not gain anything. Yes, you are awesome. I'll take that. But the biggest thing about it is it's up to us of what we do with it. And so he created stewards out of his slaves. I'm going to put But he wanted them to be more responsible. He gave them a gift. Now it's up to them to choose what to do with. And then in verse number 15, whenever he was handing them out, your ability determines on what you can handle. God is not going to give you something way greater than you can handle right now. He knows where, we're at, where we are all at individually. Thank God. Because there's certain times where I'm looking at things thinking, God, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to be able to handle this. You want me to do what? And he says, it's not your ability. It's my ability in you. You have to realize that God has placed his ability in us, that we can handle way more. But it comes down to your faithfulness. Are you going to use that ability for him, or are you going to use that ability to benefit self? Because when we stay faithful to him, his ability takes over. And I mean, especially this week, I told my wife, I said, if I can make it through this week, I will know I can handle anything. And guess what? God's faithful. I was able to do everything that I needed to do and still devote time where I needed it. But the thing about it is God knows every individual person. He knows us by name, and he knows what we can handle and what we can't handle. And he's not going to put more on us than what we can handle at that time. And then it also shows us levels of maturity because he gave one five, he gave one two, and one one. He realized that the one with the five can handle more than what the one with the one can. With the one, he was really testing what are you going to do with the period. What's going to happen? Are you going to be good with this? I mean, when I return, I'm going to come back and find out what's happening. And we obviously know what happened to the one, but we'll get there in a minute. But another thing besides the account of giving his abilities, I'm going to take a drink here, <clears throat> clear throat, is 
We cannot desire to have someone else's gifts. When we are faithful to him, he's faithful to give us everything we need at that time. But then we start looking around at, well, how did they get more responsibility than me? Why are they doing that? I wanted to do that. We can't start looking at other people's gifts that God's given them and desire them more than what he's already given us. He's given us great treasures inside of us, each individual one that, I mean, there's so much things inside of me that I've had pulled out from different leaders and pastors, and I'm so thankful for that. But I also know there's more. There's more to be pulled out that I don't even know about. So why would I ever want to desire someone else's gifts whenever God has already chosen each individual one for me? He's looked at me and said, you're going to need these. Here, let's put all these in you and give you every bit of ability that you need to accomplish your purpose on the earth. He's already done that. And so when we start judging and looking at opportunities on the outside to compare ourselves, we'll start losing sight of what God wants. God is all about the end result. He knows the very beginning from the end. He knows it all. But the biggest thing is he's wanting to find out, are you going to remain faithful to me till the end? And like whenever, who was it? It was one of the Kingdom Institute graduations they talked about, and Pastor Marks made this reference, that the beginning of the path is well-worn of life. But once you get to the end result, the path is left traveled. Because he even said that the grass is very high. Because so many people want to start off strong, but then they lose their faithfulness to finish. And that's why here at Anchor Faith Church we say finish strong. Because it's not how you start, it's how you finish this race. It wasn't how Jesus was born a king of kings. It was how he finished the servant king. Whenever he finally made the choice himself to say, no, 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 I didn't come to be, I didn't come to have people serve me. I came to serve you and be an example to you. You follow after me now. It wasn't about him being born and having gifts brought to him and say, you are the king of kings. You are the newborn king. He said, no, it's how you finish is more important than how you start. Because whenever I said that, that your faithfulness will give a portrait of your future. Some of us have some pasts that we're not proud of. But the thing about it is God's redeemed us. God has cleansed us from all those things. He is faithful to forget all those things in the past. So our past really does not affect our right now. Because when we stay faithful to him, he's going to be faithful to us to guide us in our path as we go. And then as we jump to the next verse, it says, Immediately the one who received the five talents went and traded them and gained five more talents. And in the same manner, the one who had received two talents gained two more. The thing about them is it says immediately. They didn't hesitate and wait around and say, well, what, what do you think you're going to do? What, what do you want to do with God? Because God's not looking for us to just sit idle. He doesn't want us to just sit there and say, well, I don't know my purpose, God. So I'm just not going to do anything until I find out. Put your hand to something. And do some work for the kingdom, and he will reveal it through service. That happened to me. Because whenever I tell people that I was called by, at 11 years old, I knew I was called to be a children's pastor one day. They say, did God audibly tell you, you will be a children's pastor? I can honestly say, no, absolutely not. I did not hear this loud voice from God. And they say, how do you know? I said, because my heart was drawn to it. The more I started serving it, the more I realized I want to do this for the rest of my life. And then I was happy just being the sound guy at our old church in Oklahoma. I got to run the sound, checking all the kids, and then I got up there and started doing offering. And the more I got involved with it, the more I realized this is something I can see myself doing the rest of my life. The good times, bad times, I wasn't moved. I stayed faithful to what I was called to do at that time. 
And then finally one day I knew that I knew inside of my heart, God said, you will be a children's pastor. I said, well, Lord, great. What does that mean? I know what a children's pastor is, but did I know the work that, was in, that goes along with it? Absolutely not. Not a bit of what goes on as a children's pastor. But I was faithful to stay my course. I kept serving. And then as, I mean, I went through, man, three, four, four children's pastors serving under. But the thing about it is every one of them, I had the same mindset. I will be here to do whatever is required, whatever you need done. Let's get it done. I'm, I'll be your right-hand man if you need me to. That's not a problem. I'm here to serve because God's called me here. God is faithful, so I'm going to stay faithful to him. And so with being faithful to him, every bit of my talent now, I am investing back into the kingdom. My time, my energy, my resources. It doesn't matter if I even have the finances or not. There's something we have that God's looking to say, what do you have? And that's what these men were doing is when they finally realized that they had gifts, five and two, they immediately went out and started putting them to work. God is looking for us to use what we have. He's not looking for us to have the greatest ability. He's looking for our availability. He's saying, how flexible are you to be used by me? Because, I mean, right now we're teaching um, the kingdom, well, kingdom evangelism, what I'm teaching right now in Kingdom Institute. And we talk all the time about he's looking for your availability. Because if you have your own structure, your own plan, it's very hard for him to interrupt your day. If he says, hey, I need you to go talk to that person over there in the corner and just tell them that my love is great for them or I love you or something, just go talk to them, minister to them. But when we have our own plans, it's very hard for us to let God interrupt us. But you see, in order to be faithful to him, that means he owns everything. He's Lord over everything. Our time, our resources, our talents, everything is his. And so he's looking for our availability, not our just ability alone. And then he's also wanting us to use what we have in order to advance his kingdom. But then also it goes back again. This is not a comparison. It is not about he has more, she has more, what's going on with them. He's worried about us. He's looking at us individually saying, what are your needs? Don't be looking around saying, I want someone else's. Because especially as we get into, I mean, reaching this city, this vision is great. But it takes all of us. It needs every person doing their part. Because you are a gift to the body. And that's what you have to think of yourself every time you show up. Every time you wake up, I'm a gift to mankind. I'm a gift to this city. I'm a gift to this county. Because you have something to give them that they were lacking before. When these men, they didn't have five, two, and one before the master showed up and gave it to them. But you see, we were sent here for a purpose. God has a destiny attached to every one of us that as we stay faithful to him, he'll be faithful to use us to advance his kingdom every single time. But it's your talents that he's looking for. Are you willing to give them to him? And so we see that these men were willing to invest what they were given. They did not hold it back. They did not sit there and be sluggish, I should say, but it said immediately they went out to sow it. And so the man with the one, we're going to look at this, and this starts in verse number 19, but, well, we'll get to him in a minute. We're going to look at, before we get there, that there's blessings attached to our faithfulness. As we stay faithful to him, he wants to reward us for those things. And so in verse number 19, 
he goes on to say, Now after a long time, the master of these slaves came and settled accounts with them. And the one who had received five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more. And he recognized that the master entrusted him with a gift. Each one of us, God has entrusted a gift inside of us that he's wanting to know, will you be faithful to me with what I've given you? Or are you going to choose to just bury it and never give it to mankind? Because it's about serving the king of kings. And so he said, uh, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with few things, and I will put you in a charge of many things. It says, enter into the joy of your master. And then he goes on to look at the number two. And he said, you gain two more. Well done, that good and faithful servant. Good and faithful slave, I think is what this one says. But he recognized you are faithful because you did what I asked you to do. He didn't tell them to do it, but he was expecting to gain more. Because our God is an abundant God. He's not looking just for barely enough. He wants to give more than enough. And so when he entrusts something to us, he's looking at, are you being able to bring out the gifts in other people that are around you? Or do you constantly just push them farther back down into a hole? He's wanting to know, I will be faithful with that gift that you've entrusted me. Lord, I will serve you with everything I have to give back what you gave me. And so when we go to look at the number one, it starts in verse 24. But the biggest thing is a lack of faithfulness will result in a great loss. A lack of faithfulness will result in a great loss. Because if we see here, it says, And the one also who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you, uh, where you scattered no seed. And he said, And I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. This one is packed full with so much because... One, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. I was afraid. I went away and hid your talent in the ground. He recognized that gift was from you. You entrusted it to me. I was afraid. I let fear control me instead of being moved with compassion and moved with drive of purpose. I went and hid it. So many times people are too afraid to use their gifts that God gave them because they're afraid afraid of what others will think they're too afraid to get up there and talk about what god's done in their life praise god for mr chuck that gets up here and wants to rejoice in what god's done because god is faithful we want to rejoice in his faithfulness but there's too many times people want to say no i don't, I don't need to say that no i'm not going to get up there because what if they think about me all the time people want to hide their talent and never use it for god's kingdom but God's not looking for people that just come and hide it. And we see here the end result was, but his master answered him and said, you wicked and lazy slave. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank. And on my arrival, I would at least receive my money back with interest. It says, therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has already had 10. Today's society would look at that and say, that's not fair. Today's world would look at that and say, well, he's already got 10. Why does he need one more? God's not looking at what you have. He's looking at your ability to handle more. He said he was already faithful with five. He gained five more for my kingdom. Of course, I want him to have one more because if I give him 11, guess what he's going to go get? He's going to go get 11 more. He's going to continue to build this because he's already shown his faithfulness to handle it. 
with me, I'm not going to go over and tell Ella, here's the key to the house. Good luck. You're good. Because she's not even faithful to obey the rules that we have now. Jada is at another age. She is at the age now where she listens very well. And she is one of the sweetest girls that I know, and she obeys very well. But she's still not shown the faithfulness to be able to stay at home alone. And it's going to be a while because I just don't want her to. (laughs) But the biggest thing is when we show the faithfulness just in the natural side, my parents were different with me and my brother. I started driving a pickup truck whenever I was 11. And I started driving on ranches, and then all of a sudden my uncle owned a huge property. It was over 24,000 acres in Kansas, one of the biggest cattle ranches up there. And we would drive the highways with these work trucks at 11, 12 years old. And my parents entrusted us because they had seen how faithful we were at handling it. We weren't stupid. We knew the rules. We didn't speed through everywhere and do donuts and everything. We drove normal. But the thing about it is there was a lot of my friends that at the same age, there was no way their parents were ever going to let them touch the car keys, period. Not even to unlock the door. There's no way. But there was a trust that was established because they had given us the opportunity to gain more. They said, okay, you've been doing good with this little four-wheeler. Let's see what you do with a truck now. Okay, you've been doing that with us here. Let's see how you handle it on your own. And so whenever it came time for our driving test, my dad, whenever I was 15 and a half, we could get our permit to drive with an adult over 21 years old. My dad would take naps. While other parents are actually teaching their kids to drive, my dad's like, hey, we're going to the shop. You know how to get there? Okay, wake me up when we get there. And he's falling asleep because he trusted my ability and what I was doing because I had shown faithfulness in my driving. But the thing about it is God's looking at us all the time. He's giving us opportunities to, you have $100 to sow. Are you faithful to sow that? Or are you going to choose to go spend it somewhere else? Because if we're believing God for $1,000, but yet we're not faithful to sow a dollar, you're not going to receive what you're believing for. Because he's looking to find out, are you faithful? Will you get it to where it needs to go? Or are you going to choose to hold on for selfish gain? And that's why, I mean, all the time we see it constantly where people want to believe God for $2,000 to be able to sow into this. They wouldn't believe God for $10,000 for this. But whenever they're still not believing God that you will meet my needs if I give you the 10% that you've asked for, no, God, I need that 10%. That's got to pay this bill. How are you going to be faithful if you get more? And so, I mean, there's, there's been situations in our life where we've recognized when we sow, it opens the door for God to bless us. Because remember, blessings come with the faithfulness. When we choose to obey God at his word, when he says, you give and it will be given back to you. Good measure, press down, checking together, running over, may God give back into you. Whenever we do those things and we trust him, he's faithful to abide by them, to finish them. He's the one that is the finisher of our faith. He's the author and finisher. He finishes the course. But there's a couple of more scriptures that I want to look at tonight, and then we're actually going to wrap it up here in just a minute. But... One thing about faithfulness is, like I've said before, it's based on your choice. You have to make the choice of, am I going to give God all of it or none of it? Because there's no in-between. There's no wishy-washy faithfulness. It's all or none. You're either faithful or faithless. And so we want to be those people that are faithful. Because especially, just think natural side. If you need help with a task, 
and you constantly go to this one person and they say, I will be there. No problem. I, will go, I got you taken care of. And they never show up. What happens? You start losing faith in that person's ability to do what they say. And it, whenever we get in those situations, I mean, I've been in that situation before where I, I've needed help on certain occasions. Have individuals, yeah, no problem, man. I'll be there. I'll be there. No problem. Day comes, call them. Oh, man, something came up. Sorry. D- time after time. And it's, you start losing the faith in their ability. Well, God, every time we call on him, he's faithful. Every time we have a need, every time we want to praise him. Because when we come up here to do praise and worship, it's not always, I even teach the kids this, it's not about you needing something. It's about you rejoicing for something you might have already gotten. It's about you just praising him for him being good, for him giving us life. That's why we're up here. And the biggest thing is, Pastor Mark, I love his heart for worship. Because he always tells us and tells the worship team that we are the first sermon that the body gets. We get up here and we are the first sermon that they hear. We don't take that lightly. Because when we say faithful and we know, God, we have given our time. We have done the practice. We have done everything we can in the natural. You take over spiritually. The presence of God shows up in this place and hearts are changed. I mean, if you haven't been enjoying worship here lately, I mean, you've got to shake off some stuff. Because... Worship has been good, but that sets our hearts to receive the word that follows, which is even better. We get a twofer on Sundays. It's awesome. And on Wednesdays, it's great. But the thing about it is we have to realize that when we come to God, we can't view him from a past mindset of, well, maybe he's not going to come through. Because when we set that expectation, we can miss his true expectation. Because God wants us to have more than enough. God wants us to be healed. God wants us to have life more abundantly. If he didn't want us to, he wouldn't have put it in his word, period. But the thing about it is faithfulness comes from us. Am I going to choose to be faithful to him and stay committed to him no matter what the cost, no matter what price is paid? Because these disciples, they paid a great price to stay faithful to the one that they were serving. Even when it came down to persecution, and you go through the Bible and read it all all through the New Testament. What they did to Jesus, he said, they're going to do it to you. It's going to happen. You're going to be persecuted for my sake. But it's for those that remain, those that endure, those that are steadfast on the word will see the faithfulness of God because he is faithful to us. And so in 1 Thessalonians, Chase, you can come on up. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, it says, faithful is he who calls you and he also will bring it to pass. And God has already called all of us to come be a part of his kingdom and to hook up with his vision. And whenever we are connected to him, he's going to make sure that everything else that we need for our purpose will come to pass. And then also in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And so tonight... God is faithful to us, so we need to settle it in our hearts that, Lord, we will be faithful to you. No matter what the cost, no matter what the price, no matter what the situation, Father, you are good and I will stay with you. Because God's not going to be moved. God's not going to be shaken and the kingdom will last forever. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this night. Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. That, Father, each individual in here and each family represented, Father, there is story upon story of your faithfulness. And, Father, we thank you, Lord, for that testimony tonight, that, Lord, that you 
promise your word, that Father, in your word that you said that there will be good things that come to us, not bad. That Father, you said you had a plan and a future for every one of us and that it was not going to be a bad future, but Father, it was a future of hope. And Father, we thank you, Lord, right now that we just settle in in our hearts. That, Lord, that we will stay faithful to the faithful one. That, Father, that, Lord, that you have never failed us. That, Father, if we have strayed and we've walked away from you, Father, Lord, we ask you to forgive us right now. Father, forgive us of those times that we were not faithful to follow you. But, Father, we thank you, Lord, so much for your enduring love. That, Father, your word is steadfast. It's enduring. It is set and established, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that it is faithful. Now, Father, we will see your word come to fullness in our lives as we continue to serve you, as we continue to honor your name, Father. We thank you, Lord, for this Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit, that he is a teacher. And that, Lord, this word has fallen on good ground tonight, and that it will take root, that we can bless this city. Because it's not about us, but it's about others' lives. And that, Father, we are here to be equipped to go out and do the work of ministry for you out in the community. And we thank you, Father, for this time. We thank you for this opportunity to be able to spend with our church family. And we thank you for what you're doing here in Valdosta. And, Father, we pray for Sunday morning service right now, for our anniversary service, Father. Lord, that if there is people that have been wanting to come, that people have stepped away, Father, we thank you that you can draw them back. And that, Father, Lord, that they will have just a drawing to come to church. That, Father, it's not about numbers at all. But, Father, a number is someone's life. And that, Father, we want to see lives change for your kingdom. And we thank you, Lord, that we will become a healthy, full church. It's not about just becoming a big church, but a healthy and full church. Disciples of your word, Father. We thank you, Lord, for this time, for this opportunity tonight. We love you and we honor you. And in Jesus' name we all said, amen.